Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Net Jabbar. This is going to be episode 211 of The Informed Catholic. We're going to do the readings for December 26th. Um, so, from what I can tell, um, usually December 26th is supposed to be, like, I would say, for St. Stephen, but um, in the Missal... Uh, from my uh, parish, it's for the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So we'll do that reading, and I'll do the following reading for another episode for St. Stephen's Day. Okay, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, the first reading is from the first book of Samuel. It's chapter 1, verse 20 to 22, and uh, 24 to 28. Okay, so let's begin the reading from the first book of Samuel. In those days, Hannah conceived, and at the end of her term, bore a son whom she called Samuel, since she had asked the Lord for him. The next time her husband Eliakana, Elkana, I'm sorry, Elkahan, Elkaniah, was going up with the rest of his household to offer the customary sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vows. Hannah did not go, explaining to her husband, Once the child is weaned, I will take him to appear before the Lord and to remain there forever. I will offer him as a perpetual Nazarite. Once Samuel, Samuel was weaned, Hannah brought him up with her, along with the three-year-old bull an ephah, a flower, and a skin of wine, and presented him at the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. After the boy's father had sacrificed the young bull, Hannah, his mother, approached Eli and said, Pardon me, my lord, as you live, my lord, I am the woman who stood near you here, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted my request. 
Now I in turn give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. Hannah left Samuel there. Let's read it one more time. It's 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20, 22, 24 to 28. In those days, Hannah conceived and at the end of her term bore a son whom she called Samuel. Since she had asked the Lord for him, the next time her husband Elkanah was going up with the rest of his household to offer the customary sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vows, Hannah did not go, explaining to her husband, Once the child is weaned, I will take him to appear before the Lord and to remain there forever. I will offer him as a perpetual Nazarite. Once Samuel was weaned, Hannah brought him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, and um, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and presented him at the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. After the boy's father had sacrificed the young bull, Hannah, his mother, approached Eli and said, Pardon, my lord, as you live, my lord, I am the woman who stood near you. Here, praying to the Lord, I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted my request. Now I, in turn, give him to the Lord as long as he lives. He shall be dedicated to the Lord. Hannah left Samuel there. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so now we have Psalm 84. It starts from verse 2 to 3, and then it goes from 5 to verse 6, and verse 9 to 10. And the response is, blessed are they, or blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul yearns and pines for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Happy they who dwell in your house. Continually they praise you. Happy the men whose strength you are. Their hearts are set upon the pilgrimage. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. O Lord of hosts, hear our prayer. Hearken, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield. And look upon the face of, of your anointed. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. One more time. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul yearns and pines for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Happy they who dwell in your house. Continually they praise you. Happy the men whose strength you are. Their hearts are set up upon the pilgrimage. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. O Lord of, ho of hosts, hear our prayer. Hearken, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Okay, the second reading is from the first letter of St. John, chapter 3 verse 1 to 2, and then from verse 21 to 24. A reading from the first letter of St. John. 
See what, see what love the Father has bestowed on us, that we may be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we are confident in God and receive from him whatever we ask because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And his commandments is this, we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who keep his commandments remain in him and he in them. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he gave us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time. A reading from the first letter of St. John, chapter 3, verse 1 to 2 and 21 to 24. See what love the Father has bestowed on us, that we may be called children of God. And so we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence in God and receive from him whatever we ask, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And his commandment is this, we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who keep his commandments remain in him, and he in them. And, they, and the way we know that he remains in, in us is from the spirit he gave us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your son. Alleluia, Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the festival custom. After they had completed its days, as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it, thinking that he was in the caravan. They journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances, but not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, and all who heard him were astounded, astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house 
but they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. Uh, reading from the Holy Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the festival custom. After they had completed his days, as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances, but not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, and all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety, and he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and men. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I love that story. The, uh, the finding in the temple. It's beautiful. And it's, it's, and I have to say it, it, it has to be beautiful to be, to have kids. I wish, I wish I would have been blessed with that, but, um, it doesn't look like way for me. Unfortunately, I'm 50 now and, uh, I'm not married, obviously. And, um, I'm not blessed with that, um, that grace, that vocation to be a husband and a father. Um, and I'm still praying what God has plans for me, so I don't know. But it must be a great and wonderful thing. And, you know, it's G.K. Chesnick called it one of the greatest adventures in life is to be a family, to be a parent, to be married and have children. He called it an adventure. And I believe him. I know a few people at my job. Let me see. I can count one, two, three, four, four. Uh, one guy is actually a widower now, but he's raising a son. And the other three are married couples. Those particular category have one child each. And I know two guys. I hope I think, well, the second one is a question because his, his wife and kids live in a set down south. He's got two kids 
and the other fellow has two kids. The single child is seems to be the average. Having more than one child seems to be the above average with some people. Seems to be the above average. Um, wow. Um, it's, it's very interesting, but I know the above average, the really above average is no children, no kids at all. I'm one of them, not married, single. Other guys I know, not married, single, or if they're married, no kids at all. And that in itself seems to be the above average. Either single or married and no kids. And it's going to be a whole generation of people. You're going to see it in a couple of years as they hit their seniority, their senior citizen years, their later years. I think you're going to see a lot of regrets and unhappy people. You will see a lot of unhappy people. In the blue states, the family is dying off. In the red states, the families are booming. Many people have actually left their, their, their blue states, their jobs, their homes, and moved to red states. And those particular people, you're going to wind up, oh, they have four kids, five kids, and sometimes seven or more. Unusual, unusual. I remember Timothy Gordon talked about how him and his wife were in a, living in Italy. He was studying in Italy. And in Italy, uh, him and his wife were going to a supermarket and people gave them looks because they were young and she was pregnant. And they thought that was unusual because most people don't have don't have kids. And this is in Catholic Italy. So you see the family is dying off. It's seriously a problem here. And these people are going to wind up old, alone, and unhappy. I'm serious. They are going to be old, alone, and unhappy. The image of Joseph and Mary and the Christ child. I'm guessing they were probably unusually um, unusual that they had one child. I mean, Zechariah and Elizabeth were definitely unusual because they had a child late in their years. Most people had a lot of kids. Child death rate was quite high in those days. Women died giving birth. That was quite a, a serious problem. That's the thing. Human beings were made for family. They were, we are made to be family. We are made to have family. It would be wonderful if I had that experience. Unfortunately, I don't. And um, I'm sure it would be regrettable. At some, uh, I, I know I... I I'm not going to say I don't feel sad. I I do feel sad. But a lot of times you meet women and a lot of them don't want to have kids. I mean, I, I'm not saying I, 
I met a woman and she has no plans of having children. So, it's sad. I think a lot of them, a lot of them I know, they're artists, they're college people. A lot of them, on some I know in middle age, no kids. They're women I know with no kids. A lot of them. Um, I know Albanians seem to have family. They have, a, they, they like family. The Russians do, but there are some other Russians that don't have kids as well. There's going to be a lot of people alone, old and alone, single. And I, I know it's going to be sad. People who wind up that way, I hate to say it, but they look desperately for friendship and company. You know, they don't have family and they, and they look desperate to, to want to get involved with people, to want to make friends. And it must be very sad and alone. I know a fellow in church in my parish. He's old, is an old man retired and he sits by himself now he has a nurse with him and he doesn't he, he's never gotten married and he doesn't appear to he doesn't appear to have nieces i don't know i don't know if he has nieces or nephews but you see the ones in church alone there are a few families the asian community has kids that has to be a very sad thing. I am going to say it. It's, it has to be. There has to be regret. There has to be heartbreak and heartache. And unfortunately, our society makes it difficult to raise children. It makes it extremely difficult. It makes it difficult with bills, rent, job, making enough. Now... You have to have, in some cases, both parents working to make ends meet. At one time, it was only one, one income. You have to wonder if this is done deliberately. I'm not into conspiracy theory, but you have to wonder if that's done deliberately. You know, maybe we need to start rethinking at some point, I think is going to happen where people are going to start rethinking their priorities, rethinking what really matters to them and what's important. They have to start doing that. And when that happens, I don't know exactly how we're going to go about it because you have one on one hand, you have all these people crying out population control and that the planet can't handle it. <laughs> You know, I really want those people to shut up. You really do. You really do. We have to look to the Holy Family as our role model. We have to look to the Holy Family as an example. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Hannah, a woman in the Old Testament, desperately wanted to have a child. She prayed. 
she prayed in front of the tabernacle. At that time, there was no temple. And she prayed, and <laughs> Eli, the priest, the high priest, thought she was drunk. And when she told him she wasn't, he kind of had sympathy for her. And, she, and he told her, the Lord will answer your prayers. She comes back, and she has little Samuel. And she and he, God blessed her with the experience of being a mother. And I think she had more children afterward. And she returned, she gave him to the Lord. And he went to the, into the temple as service, and he became a prophet. You see the story of Samson and his parents. His parents only had him. So there are single children cases in the Bible. And they were barren. They didn't have kids. Like Elizabeth and Zechariah. They, the people were happy to have a family. Happy to have this. All of a sudden we created a generation where all of a sudden they don't want to be families. They don't want to have, they don't want to raise kids. They don't want their freedoms taken away. A lot of places that's the thing. People are selfish. They want to live selfishly for themselves, but the purpose of living, you live for others. You being selfish and and not wanting to be a family. We're made to be families. We're made for to be social. We're made to love. We're made to be fathers and mothers. And now we live in a society and a culture that tells us, no, it's stupid. So let's end it here and, um, and pray. Pray that maybe the family, will, the family, the husband and wife and kids will become popular again. And God will bless us with, with families. God bless and Merry Christmas.